there are three types of souls. There are those who are dead. They have no desire for God. They only desire to live life the way they desire to, or the way they see fit. They oftentimes fall into the ways of the world. If these souls remain in this state, in this state of deadness, if one dies that way, dies a physical death that way, of course, having no desire for God, those go off to the place where God is not. The second type of soul are those who are dormant, like a seed. A seed can be you know, there for, for many days, many weeks, even years. And then when one plants it into the perfect environment, the, the, the seed no longer is dormant, but it becomes alive and it bears fruit. The soul that is dormant, it can also be connected and related to a boat floating downstream with a person sleeping in it or a person just not caring. At some point, the boat is going to fall over the waterfall and the person will perish. The third type of soul is the one who desires God and the things of God. That person longs for heaven, and that person, if he or she remains faithful to the end, will be in heaven. In the gospel, just now that we heard, we hear Jesus say this at the end of telling the parable, Whoever has ears ought to hear. And then all of those who, who had dead hearts, though those who didn't care, they all leave. But those that desired God, they stayed with Jesus and they followed him. They became known as the disciples. And these disciples approached Jesus and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And then Jesus replies, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you. Meaning to those that want to listen to God. Those that want to be obedient. But to them it has not been granted. And then he says this, To anyone who has, more will be given. And he will grow rich. The one who desires God, the one who desires heaven, more will be given to him. More meaning the grace to live out the life that Jesus has asked of the person, and that person will be in heaven. From anyone who has not, meaning the soul that is dead, even what he has will be taken away. Someone who has grown up in, in a good family, in a decent family, they have lived a life of faith for some time, then decides to turn away from God and to live the thing, the ways of the world. That person, any grace that may be in them, is taken away because they no longer want the life of God within them. In fact, they're, they're uh, perturbed even when somebody brings up a conversation of God. To anyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. For anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. In regards to the person who, who does have, those, those who are open to God's grace, our first reading can very much um, relate where the Lord says, Just as from the skies the rain and the snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. That's what takes place. 
the person who is open to God's will, the person who is open to, and who desires God, when that person hears God's voice, good things happen. Good things happen within that person. The soul that is dormant, I think, is is a lot of the, a lot of Christians have dormant souls, where they're just living life, not really caring about what happens. You know, somebody does something good to them, it's something clear, you know, and they'll go towards the good, and then something bad happens, and they migrate towards the bad, and they're kind of just blown in the wind. I want to at this time talk about the explanation of the parable that Jesus gives. He says, the seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. It's the person who hears good things, and it just bounces off the person. If this happens to you regularly, I hope this isn't you, but if you find yourself coming to Mass and you leave with nothing happening to your soul, beware, because everything has bounced off your soul like water off a duck. I hope you're just a dormant soul. But it could be that one soul doesn't even desire God. And then when, when one comes to Mass and one of course, comes to Mass because one's family members might say something if one doesn't. Uh, so one shows up at Mass, you know, week after week, you know, or, or when one can. But if something happens and nobody's in encouraging you to attend Mass anymore, you just stop. A dead soul, not desiring the will of God, not desiring heaven, but just blown in the wind. The evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. One hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it because one doesn't want to understand it. Because one knows that if one understands the word of God, one has to change one's life. And one doesn't want to change one's life because that means that some things may be taken away. And thankfully, God takes away those things but he only takes away those things which keep us from heaven. So if you're afraid of God taking something away from you, don't be afraid because that thing which he wants to take away from you is the very thing that's going to keep you out of heaven. So pray that God takes those things away, whatever they are. The second seed that Jesus speaks about, he says, the seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. I, I think anybody who comes to faith that happens to where you hear the word, there's this desire for heaven, there's this desire for God. One hears it and one rejoices, one's excited about it. And that's great because one is drawn towards heaven, one's drawn towards God. But then Jesus continues and he says, the second type of seed is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. The environment in which the person has chosen to live or happens to be, maybe the family dynamics or whatever, they do not nurture a soul to grow in holiness, 
but rather what's around that person, what is in that person's environment, whether it's work, whether it's the home, whether it's what one watches on television or goes on the internet and sees, those, that environment prevents the person from staying in holiness. And listen, Jesus continues, when some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. Something takes place. I'm tired. I don't want to give the effort. This second type of seed is related to the third one, which I'll speak about just shortly. Folks, I, I truly believe that in my lifetime I'm going to see great persecution against Christians here in the United States. I don't know if it's going to come as far as North Dakota or Kildare, North Dakota, but it's already happening in our culture. Just think of the Little Sisters of the Poor who have been in battle for, for now I think it's seven years um, in regards to the, um, the contraceptive mandate that they, are, they were required by law to provide contraceptives to sisters and pay for it, which doesn't even make sense. And they've been fighting this battle, and they won this last week. Um, you know, the Supreme Court went in favor of them, but the battle's not over. It's going to continue here in the coming years yet. But that's just the little sisters of the poor. We're starting to see churches that are, you know, being attacked, both Catholic and non-Catholic churches. We're starting to see governors who favor secular things, but don't at all favor Christianity. When somebody stands up for the truth, when it comes to the moral life, particularly the, the sexual moral life, oh man, are we attacked. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. I would hope that if you and I are persecuted for our faith, that we don't fall away. But if we don't have a prayer life, if we aren't desiring God, I know with certainty that person's going to fall away. Because without God's grace, one just goes with the world. One falls over the waterfall. The third seed that Jesus speaks about, I think we can relate to more clearly, and I guess I've already just spoken a bit about it. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. We can relate to this one the most because of the anxieties that the world gives to us, but maybe more so because of the lure of riches. Where, you know, back in the old days, before television came around, before media came around, before the radio came around, one spent one's time doing and building things. You think of some of the woodwork that we've seen in different places, and you look at it, even just think of some of the churches across Europe, and you're like, how did these people make these beautiful churches? Well, they weren't, you know, watching four hours of television every weekend. <laughs> If everybody took four hours on a weekend and did something, you know, that was really worth, you know, having an impact on society for great lengths of days, our society would be very much changed. But what do we do? Our free time is spent watching other people's lives or fictional things that never even taken place. And we spend a lot of our time, and I'm, I say we, referring to myself as well, we spend a lot of our times doing things that aren't necessarily bad, 
but it takes up our time, which means we don't have that time spending with God. We're in an environment that is even hostile towards Christianity, an environment that assumes that God does not exist. And then when we live in that environment long enough, we act like God doesn't exist, and our souls die. But then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. We say we don't have time for praying. We say we don't have time don't have time to read spiritual um, books or the scripture readings. We don't even have the desire to go towards that, which I think we've got to be aware of you know, um, immediately if we don't have a desire to even just read a little bit of sacred scripture. Uh, but somehow we have a desire to go turn on the television and watch our favorite TV show. Like I think there might be a disconnect. And I think all of us can relate to this, right? We make time for the things that we think are important. And they probably aren't bad. But we don't make time for the things of heaven. And we're choked. And we die. And then Jesus comes to the fourth type of seed. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Rich soil. That's speaking about an environment that is holy, an environment that allows a person to grow in sanctity. What is that environment? It, first of all, begins in the home, the environment of the home. What is it like living at your house? If living at your house does not include God, if there's no conversations about God at the house, that means that one is in an environment that is not healthy to grow in holiness. But if that environment, there's prayer, there are spiritual conversations, there's this desire to go to heaven, there's this desire to know God, to have a relationship with God, that helps a person tremendously to grow in holiness. And then the next environment, which is the workplace, which actually may be the same environment if one's on a ranch or farm, um, but if one is not, if one's at another workplace, if the family home is healthy and God is there, then the work starts having God there. And the workplace becomes a healthy environment. Spiritual conversations start taking place at work and co-workers start converting and everybody at work goes to heaven because it's a healthy environment. I want to talk about a few things of how to have a healthy environment. I've mentioned a few already. So first of all, it's this desire to grow in holiness. That's, that is the key. The soul desires God and the things of God. And then with that desire, one then wants to go towards things that help one grow in relationship with God. The scripture readings, spiritual readings, spiritual books, the catechism, praying the rosary, other prayers. All these things really help a person grow spiritually. Having spiritual conversations with one's family, with one's co-workers. The Mass is big. If the home is a healthy environment, when one comes to Mass, then, then the Mass becomes a, a place where one soaks in God's Word, where one soaks in you know, what takes place in the Holy Eucharist. 
I'm going to be starting this, I don't know exactly at what time or what week, but I'm going to start Eucharistic Exposition and Adoration on Thursdays from after morning Mass till 8 p.m., so 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Bishop has required that any, any parish that has Eucharistic Exposition and Adoration, there to be two people present at all times, or at least two people, which means that there are 24 of you who will be coming to the church every week on Thursdays and spending an hour before the God of the universe. I have names in my mind already. I might be asking some of you. But if it's tugging at your heart, I'll also have a sign-up sheet. I want to fill all 12 slots with two people. And that's going to really help everyone else, too, because if you're in town for whatever reason, you can stop by for 20 minutes, half hour, and before the Blessed Sacrament. I guess you can already. The Blessed Sacrament is always in the tabernacle. But having Jesus exposed on the altar and coming and just looking at him and growing in holiness. I'm excited about this, and I hope you are as well. There are three prayers that I want you to pray. First of all, I want you to pray for me. If you want to take down an army, the first one you want to take down is the one that is in charge. You want to take down the leader. And I know that as a pastor, that I'm the very one that the devil wants to take down first here. So the first prayer that I want you to pray is for me. It could be simple. Good God, take care of Father Joseph. <laughs> or you could pray a whole rosary for me, whatever you decide. The second prayer that I'd like you to pray as you come before the Blessed Sacrament and even every Mass, to pray for those Catholics who have gone astray. Those Catholics that haven't been in these pews for, for ages. Pray for those Catholics that they may experience God's love, His mercy, His goodness. And then the third prayer will change from time to time. I haven't decided what it is yet. I think it's going to change this parish drastically. One other thing that I'm going to be doing now on the first Sunday of every month, I'm going to be having Eucharistic exposition and adoration at the end of Saturday evening Mass and Sunday Mass. Here in Helldale, I'll be doing it on the second Sunday and in Twin Buttes, the third Sunday. But I'll be having it here. And at the end of Mass, all of us will kneel before the God of the universe in just five, ten minutes of silence. We'll pray, bring our hearts before him. I think that's going to change us. It's especially going to stir our hearts and, and, and build this desire for God. Whoever has ears ought to hear.